You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by BatmanOnFilm.com. Just go to BatmanPodcastNetwork.com for a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also dive into some other nerdy things that we love to frolic about in our free time. This is episode number 49. Thanks for tuning into this one. One episode before the big 5-0, which has something special in store. Uh, appearing on that episode in the future is also the man that I have with me right here. He is one half of the Straight Out of Gotham podcast. He's written tons of stories on BatmanOnFilm.com. He has interviewed in person Tara Strong. It is Peter Vera. Pete, welcome back to the show. Hello, hello, hello. I, I know that. The audience loves to hear my voice. Yes, so they do. I'm back once again, and uh, I am fully activated. <laughs> I'm fully vaccinated, and I'm ready to go. I was going to say it's it's less of a return to the show than a um, Pete. Just come out of your VIP room for a couple minutes, and then you can get you can get back in. Back. <laughs> yes, okay, just let me, just, just let me smoke my camel lights. And <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> I know. Usually, I dip into. Have you been reading anything lately? But because this whole episode is about what we've been reading lately, I'm going to skip that part and ex- instead explain what this episode's going to be. So this episode is titled "Batman in March." Uh, you and I had been discussing for a while a way that we could maybe start talking about like monthly comics, stay a little topical, like a wrap-up kind of show or idea. And we'd said, well, since you're already a very important Peter for the Batman Book Club, what if we did, a, we wrapped up every month with what has happened in Bat- with Batman and comics for this entire month? And you, being as much of a pain in the ass as you are, it took quite some convincing for you to commit to this idea. You know, my schedule is very crowded, and to talk Batman comics, it's got to be really, really worth my time to make the effort. Not only just to read, no, it's just, that's all. (laughs) It was. I was like, yeah, let's do this. It it was a way for you to secure your spot on the Batman book club and not be put in timeout again. So I think you jumped at this. It also also padded in my lead amongst Garrett Grev and uh, (laughs) Justin Khakis of Carmel Kowalski. (laughs) Yeah, I think you guys were getting close. They were on your heels, but this is just going to take you. Usain Bolt first place. Like, yeah, no take that, losers. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Well, let's just – we'll try and keep this somewhat short, but um, we're just going to go through the month and each week and kind of in first touch upon the direct Batman books that came out. And then we can talk about the uh, maybe a few uh, other titles that he, that he hopped into and popped in. And I think the biggest – after a two-month break with Future State – this was kind of a a reset, if you will, to get us going back to back to the normal. And it kicked off that first week in March with the Infinite Frontier, which spanned across the entire DC universe. But uh, definitely in that was some major some major play in the Batman world that set up that set the stage for what was about to happen in the Batman books of Batman and Detective, and written by James Tynan and drawn by Jorge Jimenez. Uh, Pete, what did you think of? Did you read? You read Infinite Frontier. 
Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I thought it was really cool how uh, Infinite Frontier Zero was basically kind of like the prelude to uh, everything in uh, Batman and Detective, right? Like it kind of set everything up, like the status quo. Where are we? What we're going to do? Um, uh, I believe the Batman story was Batman's kind of like a race against time to save people from Arkham because the Scarecrow's got some kind of ta- uh, toxin going on there. And um, there was a, a Joker was attack. A- yeah, there was a Joker attack. So Joker things attack. are kind of, and uh, you know, um, there was a security guard who saved some people, and that security guard played a, a factor into what was the I forget what the issue was of Batman that we came back to. Was it one hundred six? One hundred six. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's kind of you know the prequel if you if you uh, want to call it that. Yeah, I think the shocking part is that it, it did live up to it followed the promise we kind of got during the Joker War last year of the Joker War Zone where Joker went and saw Bane and we got that payoff and this spoiler alert one, two, three, uh, Bane is dead. Yeah. And for how long we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Cause that's not, comics. that can't, the only it. person who dies and stays dead in comics apparently is Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one character we all want back right away. And yeah. we, we still don't have him, but uh, I thought that was an, a nifty payoff and quite a surprise and a shocker, especially how his jaw looked of like, it was like completely dislocated while he still had the Joker grin on his face and stuff. Oh, that was a little gnarly. Yeah. That's either some really strong Joker toxin or like who's strong enough to rip Bane's jaw off. Like, you know, I, I Keller Croc is about the only other character I know who could tr- tr- at least attempt, attempt to yeah. match uh, fisticuffs with Bane. So it's interesting. And is like, is it really Bane? I, I don't know. Um, so I found that interesting. As it was, well. it was hard for me to believe that it really was Bane, but in, in the context of infinite frontier, I mean, that was Bane. He was hooked up. He was right. his jaw broken and he was dead. And so that you just said that basically served as like a, a prequel to Batman one Oh six, which also came out that same week written by James Tynan, the fourth illustrated by Jorge Jimenez, um, where if you didn't read infinite frontier, I think you still could, you still could get the idea of what happened. Because they reference the Joker attack. Uh, yeah, it, it's not a. It, I don't think it's required reading, but it uh, it fleshes the story out, as the uh, aristocrats like to say. <laughs> it definitely fleshed the story out, and I I appreciate it. And I'd say track it down if you can to just to read that that opening part because it does set the stage. Um, I've been pre future state. I've been very critical of James Tynan. Uh, my reviews on Batman on film have been difficult to write because I don't want to just come out and shit on somebody, but I also want to be honest and I've just not really appreciated what Tynan has been doing. Uh, mm-hmm. This was, this was a good start for a reset. I definitely mm-hmm. had my criticisms, but it was setting the stage for sure. And I, to get the negatives out of the way, it was, there's still kind of a lot of new character. I mean, yet again, he's constantly pushing new IP into the universe. Um, the biggest critique i saw is that this almost looks like they're setting the stage to see how we got to future state and i'm not really i don't really care about that (laughs) yeah that's why future state was such an interesting uh initiative because you fast forward like three years and you go back to and it's like well what what exactly is going on here you know uh, it, it was an interesting creative decision um i i've been I didn't like the ghost maker stuff Tyna did. I've really liked everything else to be honest. So I haven't been as hard on you on him as you have, but I thought this was a cool little, um, 
just kind of way, like you said, to get back on track into main continuity. Um, Jimenez Scarecrow is, it's not really my personal favorite. It's interesting. <laughs> I mean, the guy's creative is all hell. I, I don't know. You know, it, it, there's part of like, I don't know. There's part of like Arkham Scarecrow and there's even like a little scream in there. And there's some like, uh, 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 what's, uh, what's the name of the drug Lord from predator two. <laughs> uh, I, <don't>, I don't remember. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> That's a pull. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like, he's kind of got like these dreadlock things. So it's just like, Oh man, like it, this is, there's a lot of, there's a lot going on there. This is really intense, but, um, I, I, you know, and he introduced, uh, Oh man, who was that, that new girl? Cause like you said, he introduced a new character. I, I forget because they, they mentioned, I think she's shown up in, um, 108 mm-hmm. and they, they debut or they showed off that cover with her on it and saying introducing, you know, like last month or the month before or something. So it's like, we're still three issues away from, but I mean, kind of just like with punchline of like their teasing for There's this a big lot of debut. In here. Yeah. And I mean, to add on to your, a lot of Harley too. Yeah. And which that's also, see, I just, I don't know. That's just tying in. That's that he's spreading out way too much. It's like, just focus on fricking Batman. Like it just doesn't feel like he focuses on Batman. He's dipping into all this other stuff. And it's like, this is the Batman title. This needs to be Batman is (laughs) breadcrumb and breadcrumb and breadcrumb and breadcrumb. And it's like, well, where's the actual story? You know? Yeah, where's the loaf of bread? Okay, Batman yeah. needs to be the loaf. Then you can worry about the the breadcrumbs. But to add on to your your scarecrow stuff, I agree. I don't necessarily think that's so far not my favorite uh, scarecrow design. But I loved all the the scarecrow stuff that we saw in this in this issue for sure. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Aside from the design, I think scarecrow's on point. Like, yeah, I, I and I loved the tease at the end of how like the scarecrow that's left behind Nakano and his in his mansion. I thought that was eerie and cool. Yeah. The opening tease of the issue I thought was eerie and cool. How Scarecrow's kind of lurking on buildings. I never knew of Scarecrow to do that before, but it was still like, this cool. His he's behind the, which we got teased in infinite frontier. This, um, scientist guy that is, that has the plans of the, mm-hmm. the magistrate, uh, Scarecrow's behind that work in it. Yeah. So this, the issue is not my favorite, but it was definitely a step in the right direction. And the best I felt about Tynan's Batman stuff for a few months. So I'm optimistic. I'll agree with you. I think I, I do. I, I think it is probably it's his best since Joker war, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I know some people won't agree to that, but I, again, no, I'll agree with you for sure. I've the- been on this show to defend <laughs> the Joker war storyline. I'll die on that Hill. That's right. Uh, you helped me like Joker war a little bit more and definitely the issues that follow Joker war have not been good. So this is hopefully a step in the right track. And to applaud Jorge Jimenez again of his art is just, I mean, uh, how lucky are we to have Jorge Jimenez? And I'm sure we'll talk about this other art, Dan Mora Mm -hmm. on the main two bat books. I mean, like we're spoiled. We're just downright spoiled to have these two fantastic artists illustrating Batman, you know, once a month. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, like again, great to have Batman and detective go back to once a month this way. You can keep the team together. You can keep the quality of the art together. You know, while, you know, sometimes the rotating artist was a bit challenging. It just, it, it helps keep the, like the theme and the style of the book. Cause everything just looks in unison and in sync. So yeah. again, like we're just, I mean, Jimenez, I've become a huge fan of Jimenez. Yeah. His, his stuff in justice league was the best of that run. You know, uh, I thought it was better than the story. 
And now it's just, you know, I, I, again, it's, it's poster worthy artwork. It's just absolutely magnificent. Well, and his, I mean, if, if you don't follow him on like Instagram, I just, I love the enthusiasm of the guy too. He is a flat out fan and is always showing stuff. Of like he's always got excited. a smile on his face. Exactly. He's always excited and showing off stuff. So I just love that about him too, outside of just like his work. Following the next the next week was a something I didn't even know was ever on the radar in Batman Urban Legends. Uh, had you heard about yeah. this? Oh, dude. Well, yeah, this is. Are you kidding me? Have you okay. you've, yeah, I know. clearly you don't listen to me complain on Twitter <laughs> like your audience does. Obviously, that's why I'm here. But um, it's part of the uh, the new anthology thing that DC or East. I don't know who's doing. I don't know if it's an AT&T agenda or a DC Comics thing, but they're, DC is publishing a lot of anthology books which are, if you don't know, um, multiple stories written by multiple people in a, you know, thicker spined $8 price tag book. And, uh, Is that Urban what it Legends, was, eight bucks? It's an $8 book. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of like, I believe it falls in line. How much is black and white here? I got it in front of me. Six. Black and white is six bucks. So, you know, there's probably a few more pages and this is eight. And you, I, <laughs> I put my head my feet in the sand and i said i'm not gonna buy this i want to read just batman books not these crazy ensemble stories and you guys aren't gonna get eight dollars for a comic book from me i'm on to you and then i was like yo this red hood story is really good and i'm like god damn you <laughs> and i read it and i was like god damn you this story is really good, good. <laughs> it's really good and then here's my problem with anthology stories is it's like man i really loved two out of the three stories in this book because the third story in Urban Legends is Grifter, and I'm like, I don't give two. There's four stories. About Grifter. Is there four stories? Yeah. What's the fourth one? Red Hood, Harley Quinn, and Poison Ivy, The Outsiders, yes. and Grifter. Oh, The Outsiders, true. Okay. Well, again, my boy Brian Edward Hill. I, I like his Outsiders. So there's three of four. <laughs> three of four I liked. Two were really, really good, you know? Um, but it's like, damn, you guys are charging me eight bucks, and I really like only want two of these stories, you know? I, and that's, that's what that's where it, it really stinks. I mean, of course on a business end, um, I will applaud and be like, well played. That's a good business model. But then as a fan, it's like you sons of bitches because yeah. I haven't read any, any of the other stories. I'm like, I want to read this red hood and Batman story. And man, I am glad that I did because I mean, written by chips, Zdarsky, uh, yeah. art by Eddie Barros. And I apologize. Eber Ferreira. Eber. Okay. Eber Ferrer. The yeah, artist. Ryan, what's it like to say somebody's name wrong, I know, jerk? I know, I know. What a dick. That God, that story is just awesome. It was so good. So and it's good. such a different depiction of Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is the Jason Todd that I've kind of been wanting my whole life. Rubber bullets, Jason Todd. But in the end of the story, like, okay, spoiler alert, Lauer. Lower Watch. standard, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Uh, he he kills the dude at the end, and it's like, okay, all right. So, okay, progress. There, there is a character arc, as the uh, aristocrats like to say in this story, and uh, it's interesting because I'm like just fascinated by it. And it, there's flashbacks to him and Alfred, and flashbacks to him and Batman, and it's like so just deep. 
Mm-hmm. And then it, there's just, I'm just, I do wonder, I'm like, where does this story take place in the current timeline? Because they're like, Scarecrow's dead. And Batman's like, but is he dead? And I'm like, him and Oracle have that conversation. I'm like, all right, now you guys just confused me a little bit. Where's editorial in this? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us where we're at. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, because like, where, where's my bubble? Like, you know, like just, I'm just curious. Cause like, I mean, Batman, what was Scarecrow's clearly not dead. And I was like, well, when did he die? Like, when did, <laughs> when did that story happen? Um, but I'll tell you what, as good as this Batman Red Hood story was, and it's the mo- majority of the book, my girl Stephanie Phillips wrote a hell of a Harley Quinn Poison Ivy story, boys. And I know, and that's I, where I'm, I'm annoyed that I didn't read that yet because I did see the the team of, of Stephanie Phillips and Maura Braga, and we talked about, they did the Harley Quinn Future State books, correct? Yeah, and Stephanie's also doing a Harley Quinn number one, which we'll probably get to. Yeah, so uh, I mean, that was another one I'm like, oh, I just, I need to get to, and also it's Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy that... Those two and whatever stories are yeah. good stuff. Oh so. my god, it's such a such a beautiful story, and it just gets me so pumped for, I because I read this first and then I read Harley Quinn number one, and I was like, I am like a huge Stephanie Phillips fanboy right now. Like I've I've been reading her indie stuff, uh, the Nuclear Family, which is really great. Um, what the hell? Her Future State stuff was really good, and like since I've since I've become familiar with her since CCXP, I've been just like her passion and enthusiasm and everything she says about Harley Quinn is just so spot on. And it's like, God, and I'm riding the high of the suicide squad trailer. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, God damn, Harley's amazing. <laughs> you know, like yeah. totally. She's like, you know, t- without a doubt, the the next, you know, head on the Mount Rushmore of DC comics. And mm-hmm. it's just, man, it's just so good right now. And I, I'm, I'm loving what she did. And it's just, it's cool to see Ivy, Ivy and Harley together. Just, you know, just like, there's definitely like, Oh, there's emotional trauma. There's just like, oh, I miss her. And it's just, it's so beautiful to just go back and look and just, she's really just wrapped her head around the, both of these characters and the passion they have. And I just, I can't wait to see what else she has in store for us. So if you're here for the, the Batman story, stick around for the Harley Quinn and poison Ivy story. Those are. Yeah, definitely. I need to dip in. I promise I will. I just haven't yet. Shame on Batman even plays a little bit into the grifter story at the end, not so much into the outsider story. The outsider story does continue the uh, the trend of Black Lightning and Katana, like their little pseudo. I don't know if they're they're like they're definitely into each other, but I don't know if they want to admit it. You know, like those seeds were established, and Brian Edward Hill, Brian Edward Hill's uh, Batman: The Outsiders run carried through Future State, and it seems to be a trend here. Um, and if you want more on that, you make sure you tune into uh, uh, Straight Out of Gotham, where Eric and I um, interviewed Brian Edward Hill. We did a whole interview with him, and he really broke that down for us, which was great. You bet you did. Uh, um, so, yeah, so highly recommended. I think the price tag, of course, is just it's that's a tough sell. But if you want to know as far as quality of the story, that Red Hood story is a personal story. It's an emotional story. It's an action story. It's it's dramatic because of where it leaves yeah. you. I'm really excited to see where, where they go to next. I love the flashbacks that it had of with Jason with Alfred and Jason mm-hmm. with Bruce. Red Hood and Batman, and we get to see Barbara Gordon pops in here. Like we get to see, I don't know. It's as as us fans, I think, kind of struggle with where we stand on Jason T- Jason Todd and Red Hood. I think like he has that struggle too between crossing the line and not. He is always on that line, and this book does a good job of like having him on that line, leaning both both yeah. directions, and it ends in a really uh, ex- kind of exciting place to see how it's going to play out. I will say for the price tag, I think it's worth it because I think okay. you've got two great stories. You've got one very good story, and then you have Grifter. 
<laughs> I'll just leave it at that. You can't so, have a big bucket of popcorn with at least one bad piece. It always happens. Yeah, there's, so Grifter's there the burnt co- kernel <laughs> in the in the bucket of popcorn. I'm sorry, Jim Lee. I love you. I thank you for everything. <laughs> I just, for some reason, I just I cannot get into Grifter what, at all. But you know what? If someone's out there who's a huge Grifter fan, please feel free to attack me on Twitter at Pete Illustrator. <laughs> <laughs> Grifter is here for you. Moving right along, the next week we got here, and this will be a quick conversation, is uh, Batman versus Ra's al Ghul number five from uh, the legend known as Neil Adams himself. Pete, I continuously forget that this book exists. I haven't read an issue. Neil Adams, in recent years, his his stuff has not resonated with me to where I, I, just, I just kind of avoid it now. Um, see, this is – I have – I love Neil. Uh-huh. He's like my grandfather. I love him <laughs> so much, but I I can't read anything Neil writes. Yeah. It's very difficult because I just I just I don't think Neil's a good writer. I don't think Neil was a good writer in his prime. Um, and it's sad because it's like I just it's a beautiful book. I flip through it every time I see it at the comic shop. I'm waiting for it to hit the dollar bin because I know no one's really buying it. <laughs> they need you to. Um, we need Pete to come in and clear up our back shelves. <laughs> Yeah, no, and uh, I'll pick it up that way. But uh, it's just from I think it was Batman Odyssey. Just it's just it's not my cup of tea. Just because I know it's not going to be the best story out there. So I mean, I say it's a pass. But if you're if you're a diehard Neil Adams fan, which I consider myself to be, it's hard to even consider passing on it. But it's it's a little rough. But I did actually. This is where the comic shop gets my money. <laughs> I did buy two like uh, back issues. I bought Batman 404 and Batman 410. Well, I'm sorry, Detective Comics 404 and 410. Both Neil Adams covers <laughs> because like I just felt bad for passing them up. And uh, that's that's how I ended up supporting Neil. So I'll give him I'll give him 50 bucks at a con when they reopen the There you go. Which are more than my 4.99. <laughs> so Neil gets my money in the end. How much how much was each issue? Can I ask? Uh, of the two that uh, you just a, bought, I really got a, I got a very clean copy of four hundred four. It's a forty dollar book. Forty dollar, okay. And then four ten was a ten dollar book. Nice. You know, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Good for you, Pete. Neil, if you're listening, come on, save a save some room the, for Pete. The ever growing retirement fund. That's I right like to call it. Uh, let's see. Let's move on to the the next week, which was a is a big week, I guess you could say, and not for a myriad of reasons. Uh, let's start. Let's start with the big one of Detective Comics ten thirty four. Yeah, new team, uh, and you review this on BOF. So why don't you take the lead on I this do. one? I do. I love this. I <laughs> this story is interesting because Tamaki and Mora are like, I call them the new dynamic duo. They okay. just they're like in sync because they wrote the Future State Dark Future Detective, State. which we uh, yeah we yeah. loved was our favorite we of the Future it. State, and I don't think we're alone. Yeah, no, I think future. I think you could argue that it's it's the best of Future State. There's a couple other titles in there that can contend for that t- uh, championship as well, but it's definitely it's definitely worth the mention. Uh, it's just interesting, like you could see her planting the seeds of what eventually becomes Future State, and it, it's done so fluidly, and it's it's written out so well. And this is just a new aspect of Bruce Wayne. Like, did you read my review? Because I, I put some Ryan Lauer nuggets in there. I did, but I forget. Uh, I, you know, I, I, you know, uh, Bruce is operating in a teenage Ninja Turtles fashion these Hell days. Yeah. 
He's hanging oh, yeah. out in the sewers. He's popping out of manholes. It was very interesting. <laughs> yep. And it's all it's all out in their display. They they uh, the, the the team of Tamaki and Mora they don't let too much uh, pass through without you noticing it. And you see Bruce working on his underground layers and stuff. And now Bruce is working uh, living in a brownstone. It seems like for those of you familiar with brownstones in the Brooklyn, New York area. And I compared it to to a Sex in the City Batman. You know, he's got neighbors. He's <laughs> he's going to parties. He's got to mingle on rooftop uh, barbecues with his neighbors just to gossip and and kind of fill in and just look the part of you know average Joe because you know he he does have a bit of a financial um, issue these days and uh, it, it's it's a different Batman as opposed to you know in Future State he was broke and down on his luck. Here he just kind of seems like a, a yuppie from Brooklyn. You know, he's yeah. just living. I don't know how he's making a living, but he's doing it, and uh, he's got some cash. And it's not what he used to have. It was. It's very interesting. Um, you know, just how does Bruce Wayne deal with neighbors? Right, like that's that that to me that's fascinating because it's like talking about a guy who keeps weird hours. Uh, he's going to make a lot of noise, and. But how do you go in and out of a space that's very tight like that? You know, at Wayne Manor, there's there's nobody around. You yeah. know? <laughs> it's out in the middle of nowhere for the most part. Well, I love how this book, it can play hand in hand a little bit with uh, Batman 106. In the, the yeah. setup of living in the brownstone, they both live in the brownstone. But this, whereas Batman is definitely going for the, the bigger spectacle, this is definitely playing small, close-knit, and uh, personal. Yeah too and batman getting to know his neighbors in which part one like this is of this arc this one's even called the neighborhood and yeah i too find that really interesting i also found it a little interesting that because as we saw in batman 106 isn't this bat cave underneath the brownstone it kind of seemed um he's got several it said that he's got several bat caves so it's one of many and, and here they definitely showed the tmnt setup uh, yeah, didn't allude that this was underneath the brownstone. Whereas in Batman 106, to me, they they did you know a scene setter of outside the brownstone, and then the next page was you were in the cave. Him, I believe which Ghostmaker. I think alluded to yeah with Ghostmaker, which is another thing. Detect they completely avoided Ghostmaker in this one. Thank God. Uh, and they avoided does any she, kind does of. Tamaki bo- have the, cre- the 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 ability to write a character like. <laughs> can she write the characters she didn't create i don't know I'm also sure avoided she you don't have batman. a butler anymore comment so that was also yeah. good so um the, it's it's different yeah for sure um it's definitely on a smaller scale and i, I like uh, that I'm, I'm curious where they're going to go with this because nakano mayor nakano who was uh pretty much he was introduced in detective and he got his play in detective before future state um uh, so now he's in both books of batman and detective now and to see what here he's like fundraising and looking towards the future, but there isn't really much of a mention of the magistrate or anything like that either. So that's that I like, I like more. This definitely just didn't look like, Oh, we're on the road to future mm-hmm. state. Like the other one was so that in, and then on top of it, the, the art by Dan Mora, I think is awesome. He has so much like, uh, makes me think of his, Jim Lee. Definitely. His creativity spots. when it comes to, and I've raved about this in reviews with panel placement, like you open the book, and you're just you see like this grand hall, you know, right? Like there's, there's the exterior of a building. Classic Bruce he, Wayne story, right there. Always <laughs> got to have a big hall. But then it, it's like he zooms in, magnifying glass style, on like the the ledge, and it's like, oh, Schnikes, Huntress is out there. Okay, you know? yeah, 
Like, and it's like, and that's it. So you don't, you don't see her for the rest of the story, but you're just like, okay. And Huntress plays, if you've been following all the teases and stuff, she's going to play a big part of this. And then like you go in, like I got vibes of like the fugitive from this in various ways, mostly because like it's like this confrontation in this grand hall with these Joker people. And then at the end of the story, it's kind of like a whodunit murder mystery yeah. next door. So there's those cool elements in there. And just when Mora does these cool little panels of like when glass is breaking and shards and stuff, and he's, he uses the glass itself as a panel and he's just, his creativity is so unique. It's like n- not one pa- page is ever the same. He mixes splash pages with rectangles and trapezoids. And it's very interesting to me. And I, I love his grand entrances and yeah. the cape is flowing. And it's like, there's parts like, it's like, Oh, this is like Batman forever. You know, like that, that, uh, that box launch party. And it's like, wow, there's just, there's so many cool things. And then it goes to like Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Just, I'm like, wow, these guys are just on point with this. And then like literally like, the first like three scenes, it's like, <laughs> it's the fugitive. It's Batman forever. It's Ninja Turtles. And then it's sex in the city. And it's like, <laughs> man, like, like you guys are, you guys are all over the place and it works. Uh, who is Bruce? If he was in sex in the city. Uh, he's got, oh man. He's got to be Carrie. Got to be Carrie. Okay. He's got to be Carrie. He, he writes. He keeps a journal. Point. You know, he keeps a journal, and he's the focal point. So there you go. Yeah, the black case book. So it makes sense. There you go. Um, I would like to just kind of ask before we move on to the next thing here. Uh, spoiler alert! In three, two, one, the murder at the end. Um, it looks like it's Neil who Nakano calls Neil in their meeting. His hands and yeah. arms are all bloody, and he's now down in the sewer. It left me a little bit lost with that, as far as it, what does any know. of that mean? I'm not sure okay. because then his, his his hair is a different color, right? And it's like I mean, it was gray in that meeting at the mayor's gray? office. But let's see here. I had to go back and flip through, and I'm like, okay, it's this guy named Neil, which. We're not supposed to know who Neil is, are we? Or oh, isn't he like the security guy? Is or one of those guys? He, yeah, that's right. He's at the beginning. Yeah. Once the party crashers crash the party, mm-hmm. um, he's kind of—I don't know—he's got to be like an assistant because he says when they said security or the SWAT will be here in two minutes. He's like two minutes. What the blank is going on? What kind yeah. of security is this? So he's he's part of the staff, but I I just don't for some reason I wasn't like. Oh, dude, Neil must have killed her. It it was just kind of like, wait, what? And that's my only, and that's not even a harsh criticism because it's going to play out and it's going to explain itself. It's just at the end, I had to do a double take. It's just, I just think it's an interesting little cliffhanger. And yeah. What I took out of it was like, oh, he's going to find one of Bruce's bat caves because he's yeah. in the sewer. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, he's going to stumble upon this. And like, it's already like Bruce is already, <laughs> his work is already too close to home. So though, I was like, though, this didn't last long. Though they could stumble, uh, across the Ninja Turtles too. Cause TMNT is part of Batman canon now. So that's right. That's right. Just saying it's possible. Thank uh, you, James Tynan. <laughs> thank you, James Tynan. See, I'm not a hater of James Tynan. Uh, he's done some phenomenal work. Uh, let's, let's hop into the other big release of that same week. Batman black and white number four. Now, Peter, this series has just not really done it for you. And that's, no, that's it's, okay. It's at a 50. Yeah. And, in each book, I've had at least one story that I didn't really care for. I think issue number three was my least favorite of, the, of them so far. But then Agreed. you got to issue four before I did, in which you said it is flat out good. And I read it and I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. All of the stories are good. For me, the, it, the 
issue one was good. And I think it had like three or four that I liked. And then issue two and three were bad. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like any of them. Um, but this one I really enjoyed. I think this one might actually be the best one, if you ask me. I, and I just I agree. I, I'll flat out say I it is the best one thus far mm-hmm. for me. The stories were the stories were good and consistently well done. Some interesting notes is in that the second story in here, uh, the the Davenport House is Which is my favorite one. That's that's Carrie Kelly. But it's yeah. not Carrie Kelly because it does not look like it. But the big part for me was when she, when she called him boss. And I was like, oh, that's Carrie Kelly because she calls him she calls him boss in Dark Knight Returns. I'm like, okay. But then I didn't I really. Just, I thought it meant that Batman was Zack Snyder. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Fitting. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was, it was – I was like, okay, this is – I was like – because it opens up and there she is. Just I was like, okay. All right, we've we got ourselves a, a, a. At first, I wasn't sure who it was myself, but you know the boss line did kind of uh, rectify that for me. But I was just like, man, like I'm not one to get into like Batman and ghost stories, but this one was really cool awesome. to me, and I was just I really dug the supernatural elements and how it was, it, it kind of like floated in and out of timelines mm-hmm. and stuff, and I thought that was really interesting. And uh, this. It's just, and then it ends like with the way he finds like the door and he's just so just like, he's like, he's like Robin wait outside. And it's just, it's all about like him trying to protect her and like, you know, like, well, just protect his Robin and just cause he knows the history about the house. And I just, I was like, man, this is such an interesting way to craft this story. I was just so fascinated by it. Cause you know, of, you know, it's, it deals with heavy material, you know, the, yeah. the murder of a young, young one. And then, you know, Robin's in there and she's so eager and she just wants to help out, but he kind of knows what he's up. It's not that he knows what he's up against, but he knows what the case entails. Mm-hmm. You know, like this Davenport house, like everyone knows what the, uh, what's going on about the Davenport house. Like now, did it's you not ta- necessarily about the ghost, but as much as like what this case means. Now, did you take it this, this way and they're trying to find a granddaughter's body? Spoiler alert, three, two, one. The trying to find the body of the girl, they find out that this that the the man I'm not going to look for names. The old man did it. He went over. He shot himself by a wall. In which Batman then in the present time finds a bullet hole, and then you see his perspective as he opens it. Do you just expect that that's where the body was? The body was yeah. then. That's what he 100%. found. Okay. Well, and that that's what he knows. He tells her to wait outside. He finds the door. He finds the bullet hole, and then he you know. And I like how they didn't show it. It just fades to black. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes we've heard it before. Not like I came up with this, that some it's more effective when you just leave it up to the the reader or the viewer mm. or something, like leave it to their imagination. I want to say that the story right after it, The Green Deal, written by Chip Zdarsky, who we just talked about with Urban Legends. It. Yeah. The art by Nick Bradshaw is insane. It's very detailed. Very like everything is very detailed. We got poison ivy here and so many vines, so mm. much plant life. On every page, and and I get I get like a seventies poison ivy vibe from her. Like she doesn't look sexy. She's there's it's not very it's not Arkham Ivy. She's very, you know it's it's she's kind of like wearing like thigh high <laughs> leaves, and yeah. she's kind of got like this one piece bathing suit type thing going on, and it's not revealing at all. So it's like there's you know they're not going for that sexy ivy look, but it was cool how she's like she goes the Wayne Manor, mm-hmm. you know like. Just full frontal, like I need Wayne's help. 
and she's like, I'm going to do it this way. And it, it's very, it's man. Like Zadarsky is so creative. Yeah. It's a creative, like, it's just a really cool story that was, I mean, eight pages, you know, roughly. And it was, the story was ever evolving and the whole, mm-hmm. the whole part of like at, on the surface, what you think she's doing there and then what her intentions are. And then Batman's calling her on her BS. Like, no, I know what you're really going to do. Yeah. And that, that, that issue where she's just going full out, like got the justice league and everything trapped yeah. in that vines and stuff. It's like, Oh my God. Like I just stopped because I just think it's just so, and in- it's freaking insane. The artwork is so yeah. story and art in in this. And it's just cool. She's like, we could save the world together. You and I mm-hmm. like, like poison Ivy and Batman could cure everything. And it's like you said, he, he just, he's calls her out on his, on her BS. And the, the last part too, I think it, it ends on such a Batman note where she's just like, Always one step, a- one step, step ahead. The Batman with the bat plan. But what about the world, Batman? I'm giving you the plan to save the world. And he says, Ivy, what makes you think I don't already have one? Like, boom. Uh, yeah. Like, Hold on here. Just let me grab this. This is my utility belt. Don't worry about that. Right, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, kid. This you is know? the cure The cure for the world. Yeah, I've got this. So, then, man. Batman the next Batman. story was very interesting. Like, I love, uh, it's a two-faced story. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is, and it, it starts off because then Two-Face is like, what is he doing here? He only gets caught when he wants to get caught, you idiot. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it gives me, it, it almost like brings you back to kind of like a more simpler time of like gangster era of um, of villainry. You know, like <laughs> Two-Face is sitting there, you mooks, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, I enjoy that and how it relates to Batman and, uh, well, Bruce and Alfred and playing chess. Yeah, and we get the butler's for back, moment. baby. Yeah, it's like, back. oh, thank God. He's not dead. Oh, wait, no, he is. He flash is, back. but he's not. But yeah, I, I love all that of, in a sense of like Alfred training him. Like such an mm-hmm. important role that Alfred that we all know serves in the development of Bruce and Batman. But this is such a great one too. And in that page of showing like the evol- the evolution of, of the introduction of chess, the next one, Bruce is older. The next one, he's older. The next, like just all of this over the years, the evolving of chess. And I mean, I always go back to thinking of Hush. Um, with that, because chess was kind of was such a a back story alluded to throughout that whole story between Tommy and Bruce always playing chess, and you know you need to know your other your opponent's moves and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I I thought that story was really good. Then the story that it ends on was pretty good. Like I solid. Well, I also love the the little cameo by Anton first Batmobile. Like yeah, buddy. It's like ah, oh, just just warms my heart, doesn't it? Oh my god, checkmate. And the fi- the final story of the book, I think it's the final story of the book, is this cool just Batman solving this murder, and you get to see John Grayson and the Flying Graysons, and flying it's man. at Haley Circus, and it, Tony it, it's, Z- Zuko. Like, yeah, oh, and it's, it's it's a little bit different. Like it makes it. it I always kind of prefer when uh, when Mister Haley's kind of perceived as you know the the kind old man who just gets pushed around, and it, he almost kind of seems a little shady here at times. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a cool little like prequel. You see a young Dick Grayson with a with a pacifier, and it's just <laughs> you get you know you just get those little nods, and it, it's I think it's a nice little story. It's it's a solid detective issue, if you ask me. So yeah, all stories in here, like five. Yeah, it's like I was so happy. Uh, it still feels the book still feels a little thin though. Like I'm like this is. This is a $6 book, but it doesn't feel any heavier. Like Urban Legends felt like a heavier book to me. And I feel like that deserves the price tag. And 
I don't know. I feel like Black, Batman Black and White used to be thicker, in my opinion. I know that there's a lot of creatives on this book. Mm-hmm. And so they got to up the price a little bit because it is anthology. But I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah. I remember when I'm still taking it issue by issue because, you know, I feel like Black, Black and White used to be like a huge event book. And now I'm kind of like, all right, let's wait and see. Uh, Simon Bianchi did the the variant cover for the one that I got, which is of Two-Face in the in front of the mirror. I don't know I who just, did this. I really I dug I that the one. regular one. I like this Batman in front the of the mirror. The regular one by Gargoyle. Becky yeah. Cloonan. Yeah, I thought I mean I was stuck because it was this Two-Face variant or that one. But I think in that case if I'm equal, I, I end up grabbing the variants. I I'm going to I'm going to say that I got this because I want to say Q Becky. <laughs> did you get that reference? Did you get it? Yes, yes I did. Okay, thank God. All right. Good My heart evening. stopped because I was like, "Oh God!" Oh, let's. Thanks see. for the tip, Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, I'll remember that line forever now. Um, another issue that came out is Batman Superman number sixteen. I haven't read any of these. I think our our brother Garrett Grev reads Batman and Superman. Um, I have no idea what's going on I, in this story. I, I haven't read it. Okay. Uh, let's let's move along to the the big the big one at the end of the month. Batman Catwoman number four. Whoo, doggy. Oh, boy. Oh, baby. Oh, boy. Wow. Oh, man. Whoa. You can go first. You sound pretty excited. Oh, oh, my God. I mean, Oswald, baby. Like, the return of the king. DeVito's penguin <laughs> is all over this book. Uh-huh. And I am just so happy that <laughs> the greatest villain in the history of comic book movies has found a way to return, and it's just, it's gorgeous. I love that long nose. I love that bald head. It's just, it's its perfect. I, I, I haven't even gotten to the story yet, but man, is that story, this book just is heavy, man. I mean, dealing with everything, like, with the daughter, and then Catwoman, and how, and then with the bomb, and I'm like, what is going on? And she, she doesn't know how to tell him, and it's so perfect. Like, it's, it's just everything, how Selena finally gets kind of cornered. Mm-hmm. Right in the past, and has to admit to Bruce that she knows something because something horrible is about to happen. And it's just like so Batman because like it's weird. Like he can never be happy, right? Yeah. Batman can never find peace. Like he thinks he's in love. He's got this great girl, and she knows there's a bomb hidden under the ice. <laughs> and then he's just like, Alfred will come up with an excuse, and he goes and he finds it, and then they get into like this huge, amazing Batman argument on <laughs> about eighty stories up, <laughs> right? It's you know? it's an interesting chapter because I've I've loved and we'll include it here too. So four issues. We're a third of the way through this story and I love it. Period. Oh, I never um, wanted to end. I'm really curious what the connect that a connective tissue is, which we're not gonna get really a reveal of that until like issue eleven or twelve of why are we dipping into the past and why are we dipping into the future? What connections You're, do those have? We're not going to know until like the last page, man. I'm telling you, he's gonna he's gonna misdirect us the whole way through, and it's gonna be great. Probably. I mean, I'm loving the adventure, but also like, whew, man. The I so what stood out for me. So you mentioned what stood out for you, your boy Penguin. Uh, oh God, me. He's it so is beautiful. It is the the journey of Phantasm into the um world of the future. Dude, I even hit on that. Yeah. All oh. of that is just right out of Mask of the Phantasm. When you see that first Perfectly image. Perfectly done. That first oh, yeah. image of, uh, I mean, Clay Mann 
when Phantasm gets on the on the page, it's almost like a whole other world of the glowing eyes, the like the shading, the coloring, and the haunting presence that Phantasm has. It's just like Phantasm is just jumps out every time that Clayman's drawing Phantasm. But I love how it in how the book starts out, and it I mean. Mm-hmm. It instantly makes me think of Phantasm because of the world of the future. And I rem- yeah. I can still remember it in the background. Walking through the model of the city. Yeah. Because I, as a kid seeing that in the promos, I'm like, what? Batman's like Godzilla now? You know, shit like that. But it just quickly takes me back to that as it as it alludes to to everything. And like the, the dog, you know, and the, the cooking in the, the kitchen. The cutting of the carrots. Yes. The cutting of the carrots and all that stuff is just like, oh my God, that's yeah. just, that's dipping into nostalgia. But it, it took me a second because I meant to go back and like reread last the last issue before reading this one. I didn't get to it. Of oh yeah, they ended up where Bat or Catwoman and Phantasm were fighting, and they both were like knocked out, laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. So then, like we find out that Phantasm took her and is basically is trading like, well for I'm trading you for Joker to Batman. I need to know where the Joker is. You're my bargaining chip. And. I just like that's the whole point of that of that part. The past is to reveal that Selena's kind of withholding information from Bruce, and that causes a, mm-hmm. a tip. And then in the future, we get the, this version of Huntress um, or Helena. I guess did they did they call her Huntress when she showed up before? Or no, I don't think they've. I think they. I don't think they've named her because even like Penguin's like, what kind of Batman apologize? Okay, yeah, that's right. I'm not my father, so I'm assuming she's Batwoman. Okay. But um, yeah. So I, I don't know. And I, I, have they actually named her? Is is this Helena? I think I th- traditionally that's what her name is, right? Helena. I think Wayne. that's. I thought that that's what Selena said her by name to Joker in the future when she went and saw him at his at his home. I think she said. Um, I'll have to go back. Yeah, but the only part that I didn't like was the the poor penguin. That got murdered by yeah. By her I didn't fly with Selena. I was like, damn. I was like, man, you did my man Oswald dirty. Or I was like, I it's because I love penguins. Okay, most adorable creature on earth. Yeah. I love penguins. Yeah. I don't want to see I one love, get its throat I ripped pe- out. I love penguins and black goo. So and, <laughs> the how it's symbolic and what it's representing, I totally understand uh, and all that. And I think this scene plays out great and everything. It was just me. I'm like, ah, oh, poor penguin. But I do want to know though. It's like in this state. In this future state, mm-hmm. air quotes, <laughs> where Bruce Wayne is clearly dead and Selina is the richest person in Gotham now, does everyone know Bruce Wayne was Batman? Because it seems that Penguin knows, right? Because he knows about the daughter. He knows that her daughter is the new Bat person, <laughs> whatever her name is. I, it's it's one of those things I'm sure will get addressed at some point. But I was like, oh man, like that's those are like the questions I started thinking myself, like. What is like the current state of this future version of Gotham? Like, what is really that like? I'm like, yeah, I'd be down to see what Mr. King has in store for us. What do you want to another Tom? Line. Man, I yeah. So I'm flipping through here as you're saying that, and that freaking image, God, that's da- that's Danny DeVito. That side it, profile, is it not? Holy shit, that is Dude, so uh, you, good. You were in the thread. I was like, Justin, you're gonna love this. Yeah, <laughs> ah, it's so good. Yeah, this so good. this is just. Uh, I mean, it's another home run. This this damn book. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't even prep myself for what it's going to, like what it's going to be. And I love that when, when it was first almost teased of what was coming, remember it was that image, the cover of Phantasm's mask and then mm-hmm. Batman and Catwoman in it. And we were all like, 
what phantasm but it's also great in how the book i feel is just patient and sometimes that doesn't work for people reading tom king some people aren't a huge fan and that's fine of his work and how it's patient but it's not like you could have almost expected oh that means that every issue is going to be phantasm fighting batman and fighting catwoman and it's like no 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 that's just a small part of the whole story mm-hmm. at minimum like at most that's like a or minimum i don't know it's a third of the book and there's so much other stuff that he's like planting seeds for to pay off in the future and i i can't wait to see where that yeah goes. i think it's i think it's just magnificent i i, I love every page and just I, I i i'd be interested in seeing that's the future state book that i'd be interested in seeing is uh this version of uh selena and bruce's daughter mm-hmm. in gotham city you know I, i'm very curious that'd be a great especially, story especially no like is the penguin the only one who knows like i'm, I'm curious like everyone always knows selena's catwoman so it's like you know bad pun coming but cat's out of the bag right like <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Wayne married Selena Kyle. Like what's the cat's out of the back and it's ripping open necks of penguins. Uh, oh, um, that poor penguin. So that and it, go ahead. That penguin reminded me of the penguins from Batman Returns. Like they just, I was just, it, I was, I was just flooded with nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want. And in my head, I was like, man, I wonder if Bill's not going to like this because of the <laughs> nods to Batman <laughs> to Returns. So best part. Uh, Batman Returns, right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah. So that kind of does it for as far as like the main Batman starring uh, vehicles. Uh, we don't have to spend as much time on this other stuff, but what are like some highlights that are still in the realm of Gotham that isn't direct like Batman? Uh, I think Man Bat has to be on everyone's pull list every month. Um, I'm not going to bother pronouncing the writer's name because it's it's for me it's Scrabble, so I, I I apologize and I can't remember how to pronounce it to begin with. But it's this really just interesting take on on Man Bat in general, and the first issue was kind of like it's like this not necessarily domestic dispute, but in all, in all, in all, it was a more like a, an argument, you know, nothing nothing crazy. There was no domestic violence or anything, but between Francine and Langstrom mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, and he's trying. He was trying to basically help people, but he he wasn't. And Man Bat's more in control than I feel in previous versions. You know, they kind of have a split personality to yeah. begin with, and it's interesting. And then the Suicide Squad gets called in in uh, issue number two to bring him down, and that led to just amazing confrontations between Killer Croc and Man Bat and uh, Deadshot and uh, and. Um, boomerang it's just it's very it's very i don't want to say creative but it's it seems to be it's a very interesting take on man bat and i and i i appreciate it and it's you know i think it's only a six issue series yeah i haven't gotten to it yet so, but you have sung its praises of get on it it's so really I, good i need to just uh, the writer his name it. is dave you can't pronounce oh, dave geez. it's dave no, it's it, just one his name his last name jerk it's like Weigelzaz? <laughs> W-I-E-L-G-O-S-Z. He can also so, fall into the share seal camp of and Bono. We just saw Dave. Dave. It's Dave. Dave, Dave Dubs. Yep. Dave Dubs. Dave Dubs. <laughs> a, and I believe it's his first entry into DC Comics. Very cool. And uh, I, I think he's really mastered this. And I think his characterization of Batman is really good. I think his characterization of the Suicide Squad was great. And that's all of them from Flag to Croc. I thought he really nailed And even Harley, like, he nailed every character individually. He got the personalities, what they would say, what they would do in these situations. 
and really good at just ending the book on a page where you're like, whoa, that's a, that's a great tease for the next week. And I was really pleasantly surprised. And uh, Summit Kumar is illustrating the book, and I think he's doing a great job as well. Like, you know, again, two issues in, it's only coming out once a month. It's I believe it's a six-issue miniseries. Like, it's well worth adding to your pull list. You know, there's we don't get many Mambat volumes. And, you know, this is the fourth volume in the history of the character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's very much well worth everyone's money. I, I, I really want everyone to go out there and support this this title because um, I'd love to see more from Dave Dubs. You know, if this is if this is the stuff that you're going to give us, then you you know, bravo, sir. Let's keep it going. Let's let's keep this guy around. I think he's a good writer. So on my radar, Pete, and you'll be the first to know when I, I hop onto it. I did hop onto Joker number one, the first issue, written Whoa, by dude. James Tynan, illustrated by. I say Gilliam, you say Gilliam, March. Gilliam. G March. Um, and this the is GM of illustration. This is just called. another thing where I just fully support that James Tynan is, he shouldn't be on the Batman book because what he dives into elsewhere for me to, can pretty much totally work. And this issue, which I did not have high hopes for, I thought it was great. What a great wow. issue. And it's, it, dude, it's more of a Gordon story than mm-hmm. anything else. Yep. Batman shows up, so that's why it's even you know kind of being mentioned too. Is Batman does show up, but this is a Gordon story with that haunting presence of uh, yeah. Joker just off screen. Throughout. And it, like it devils into the past, like mm-hmm. even Chicago days. You know, Gordon's mentor in a sense. Just like what was the phrase? It was something along the lines of like when you close your eyes and you see evil, what does it look like? And this this older uh, who's your boogeyman? Who's your boogeyman? Something like that. And this older police officer was telling Gordon about like the, this one case uh, that bugged him and he never caught the villain, but like he came face to face and, and and then, you know, Gordon, you can obviously figure out how Gordon relates that to the Joker. And it's so, so emotional, so just deep, yeah. so dour. And you're like, man, like <laughs> you're surprised. Like suicide rates in like police officers are usually very high. And like you think of, well, man, like, the fact that Gordon is so mentally strong not to mm-hmm. cuz he's been through so much and you're like wow this just proves how how strong of a character he is mentally and emotionally cuz like it really gets into the, like what what bugs Jim Gordon you know yeah. like, what really bothers him I like and, it's not necessarily an insight so the boogeyman thing really stood out to me especially when the the other officer had told him about his boogeyman and what he stumbled into and how that was illustrated by March that was haunting as hell and a uh, creepy and then how the I thought it was kind of clever to call it a day, the inciting incident in Infinite Frontier that we just mentioned of the attack at Arkham Asylum. They called it a day because in Gotham, it's just a day. I'm like, well, that's kind of funny. That's kind of clever. Uh, but how that sets into basically like the this very suspicious people that are just like, hey, Gordon, get in my limo. OK, here, Gordon, we're at my friend's mansion. OK, all right. We want you to hunt down the Joker and kill him. Hmm. And then that's that's interesting. It'll be curious to see how that plays out because that doesn't seem like a Gordon thing that he would do of tracking down and killing the Joker, uh, especially when you when you think of the killing joke and how strong he put his foot down on like, no, we do this. We take him in by the book that Joker somehow always just gets taken in rather than killed. Uh, and that can't be something that Batman will approve of either. So it's just kind of like I don't I never came across this being a limited issue run. I did you like this? Wasn't a six part, nine part, twelve part? I didn't come across that. Did you? I thought it was a twelve part story. Twelve part, okay. 
I think there is an end to this. Okay. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better because if it was just an ongoing series, I'm like, well, this is, hmm, we'll see. But yeah, out the gate, I thought this was a good, this is a good issue. I did like how, I don't know who the hell this chick is. Cressida, I think. Yeah. They were like, yeah, we're not going to ask Batman because we think you're the perfect guy. Because they're playing on what the Joker has done to Gordon, right? Like that, that's clear. And it's like they think they can kind of manipulate him to do the dirty work, and I you know it just seems like he might consider it, which is interesting because, like, you know, like you said earlier, like, oh man, like, would he actually do this? Yeah, is this something that could go? To-? And then I think the the Joker stuff at the end of the book I thought was very definitive. You know, just he just kills all these people in like this beach house, and then laughs at the <laughs> newspaper that's about him tearing yeah. shit up in Gotham. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. I'm like, holy crap. Well, I was like, I was like, man, Tynan's the man. Yeah. I love Tynan. I love, I don't care what you guys say. I love me some Tynan Joker. I, you could blame, I think Joker Wars is a good story. If you want to compare it to three Jokers, I can't help you but do that because there are a lot of similarities, but I'm going to blame that on editorial. I, I think it's really creative and and just down to earth, not down to earth. It, it's larger than life. I want to say it's, it's a create. And I think this really goes hand in hand with that. I, I feel like this is a really good, I feel like this story is more of a sequel to Joker War than his run in Batman is. Yeah. Yep. You know, because I think I think Joker War is all about the Joker and what he does to Batman. And now we're going to see what a story is, what the Joker does to Gordon. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is a great companion piece to that. Whereas Batman just, Batman's the Batman story, but this is the continuation of, I, th- I think Tynan's passion is the Joker to be brutally honest. And I, I think he's done a really good job in detective and I think he's done a good job in Batman, but I think this guy just loves the chaos. That is the Joker chaos, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm an I, don't, of chaos. I don't disagree. Uh, there's two more quick thoughts on two more issues. I'm and getting then we you can, on the tiny wagon. Then we can get going. that's, that's Pete's mission in life. That's it. Uh, this isn't directly Batman related, but I think it's worth mentioning that Nightwing number 78 by Tom Boom. Taylor. Maybe. <laughs> That got me to read Nightwing, which I hadn't done since the first couple issues of Rebirth. And that was, a, boots. that was a damn good story. Man, and, I just And I am on board to see where it goes. What a, I mean, just a good emotional little story that for someone who hasn't read the past 70 something issues, I jumped right in. And I didn't feel lost. It was, that's, ugh, that's good stuff. I I dug Nightwing for New Fifty Two. I liked Grayson. I enjoyed the beginning of Rebirth, and then Rebirth got a little funky when Rick Grayson appeared. Not Rick Shoe, but Rick Grayson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then my man Dan Jurgens saved go. the book. Uh, so it, it's I think there's been a lot more positive with Nightwing in the last I don't know seven years. The negative, there's, there was a rough stretch there, but this is going to be a run that I think we'll be talking about for a long time because it's just, Tom Taylor just really can t- zone in on characters like that. Like he did a Spider-Man title. I forget what the hell the name is. It's going to be was. Definitive Dick. Neighborhood. I don't know. <laughs> You're so weird. Um, <laughs> what? But it's just, it just gets you, and, and like he's got, he's got everything going on with Grayson and Barbara, and then this dog who, like, he's, he he asked people on Twitter, like, what should I name the dog? And I was like, well, you should name the dog Alfred. And uh, he didn't respond to me. Yeah. I was like, that was it. And there was, a, there was those great moments. No, he didn't respond. He's like, 
damn it. You're yeah, on to I something. Thought it was little, well, because I, I read the story. I was like, well, you should name the dog after Alfred, after what Alfred did for you. Like, because yeah. there's that moment, like, you know, Barbara drops off his paperwork and she shows Dick and she's like, hey, look, you know, you know, Alfred. And he's like, man, Alfred did this. And he's like, one of my favorite lines is like, why would a billionaire make me sandwiches? And it's just like, he just loves you, dude. Like, mm-hmm. he's just, you're busy running around burning off carbs and he's, he's putting them back in your system. Or he's just, he, he's your, he's your second father, yep. you know? And it's just like, wow, you just, Tom Taylor makes me cry. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he just does. And it's like, damn you. You're, you're you make me all emotional. Well, like you made me, you made me emotional during deceased. <laughs> I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be emotionally distraught in zombie events, but we're sitting here like wallowing. Like I'm watching, I, I, I don't know, like some kind of sad movie, but it, it he, man, like the guy I, I can't say enough good things about Mr. Taylor. I, I would love to see him and you know, his, his, whatever his Batman book is, the dark detective Batman, Frank Miller got mad at me title. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what it is anymore, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. And everything that guy writes, I'm just, I'm dying to get my hands on and Nightwing 78 just really just solidified that. And I find it interesting. He got a 78, not a number one. This kind of felt more like a number one to me. Yeah. So just, I don't know. I don't want to say should have just relaunched it, but Maybe. Which is weird because Stephanie Phillips got a number one for Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "What?" I'm curious is like, what, like who makes those decisions? How's it justified of this deserves a number one, this now just I, keep you know what? Number, so. It's got to be Ann Sarnoff. Ah, uh, it's always Ann. Ann? Uh, you, Anne. you little rascal. You stay with Annie? the movie business. You stay out of comic books. Uh, Ann. Lastly. I'm happy with you. <laughs> Lastly, just in in real quick, is uh, Batman White Knight Presents Harley Quinn number six. It wraps up the first spinoff series from the White Knight universe, written by Katana Callens, illustrated by Matteo Scalera. And this was a names today, are we? No, I said it confidently. What are you talking about? Uh, It was I think this was a good this is a good story. It's you and I were talking right before we started recording that it maybe didn't. Its ending was a little quieter than I thought it would be, but it was still it started with a bang. Yeah, it it was, but it, I mean, it was still good. I, it's I enjoyed I, it. Yeah, I think the whole run was just it was good. It was a small scale story. It did not contradict anything that Sean Murphy had set up in White Knight or Curse of the White Knight, and I think it's it's valid. And I think the third book will probably come next in the White Knight universe, and then we'll mm-hmm. we'll find out what the next spinoff story will be. But I think this is a strong a strong spinoff that was, that was just kind of like comic book fun. Yeah, no, I dig it. In fact, I, I, I like it way more than curse of the white Knight. I think it's hot is take the, uh, Peter Vera. Hot, hot take. Yeah. Put that, put that in your Batman book club poll. It's rigged. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you agree with Peter Vera? 100%. No, <laughs> no, yeah. uh, no, I, I liked it. I mean, I'm a huge Harley fan. So like this was really cool. And just to see her used as a, as a criminal profile was uh, very interesting to me. I thought, uh, we I talked about that colleague. in future state. We really like that direction that they've taken. Harley yeah. Quinn, utilizing yeah, her skills. I think skills. it's cool. Less Deadpool, more, or more, uh, you know, Hannibal yep. almost kind of right. Yeah, for sure. And you know, just seeing her as a mother and with the kids and juggling the whole life and then the costume aspect. And then it was really cool. Just like the, the kind of like, almost like backlot movie drama type stuff that was going on and how there's the, it's kind of centers around a Harley fanboy. And it was, I was like, man, this is really creative. And I really dug this. And 
I think this is a wonderful just little addition to uh, Harley lore, and uh, I, I really enjoy it. I like it. the relationship um, of her and Bruce. It doesn't feel like, oh, they're going to try and start a romance. It just feels like they're very good friends, like close friends that kind of care about each other in this in this, in this this world, this Elseworld story, whatever you want to call it. And I think that really works. I think works. he sees her reform, mm-hmm. right? She's moved on from you know, the, the, the hammers and to an extent, right. Yeah. She's not the exploding, uh, you know, teeth or whatever. She's, uh, she's trying to do good. She, she's in a different place in her life. And I think he notices that, and I, I, you know, and I, they help, help each other out easily. And again, Anton first Batmobile, like <laughs> never, yeah. get, never, never get tired of seeing that beautiful car. No, I've been in so nostalgic for that beast so nostalgic that i just bought a 3300 piece lego batmobile that i'm ready to put up so hello did you finish did you finish the batwing oh the batwing is done oh yeah because you i never see pictures of it all you do is show oh, pictures of lawrence no. <laughs> well yeah lego of lawrence. lawrence is the star of, of that <laughs> i spent four hundred dollars on lego <laughs> lawrence <laughs> I mean, everybody should get a Lego Lawrence. It's it's amazing. Stuff. I, I will. I will spend thirty dollars on a Lego Lawrence. I don't know if I'm going to buy a whole place. I, should, I look on, patience for that. should look on eBay and just see if anybody's got a spare Lego Lawrence. Please just let me know. Uh, Pete, that'll that's it for the Batman in March. Uh, before we go, I just want to sure. I want to say two things. Say two. Uh, Harley Quinn number one by Stephanie Phillips and uh, oh, I forgot who the artist is. Let me just open the book up. And uh, Riley Rosmo, uh, I thought that was really cool. Continuing what Stephanie's doing, just the relationship with Poison Ivy is present. Uh, Harley's reform is present. Harley working with Batman is very interesting. Uh, it, it's, I think it's a solid book and uh, just dealing with clown stuff in general uh, outside of Joker war. And I, I really dug it. Uh, and uh, Hugo Strange makes a wonderful appearance. So it, it's, it's well worth your time. And, Rom V's uh, Catwoman. Uh, I can't say enough about this book. It, it you love gives Rom me. V. I love Rom. He's fantastic. He's becoming one of my favorite writers. Uh, low scale. Uh, give me giving me Brew uh, Baker vibes. Uh, you know, just gritty Catwoman, uh, helping out people in Alley Town, um, grooming young people as pickpockets and protectors of Alley Town, and just it, it, it's it's that low scale Catwoman that we have all come to know and love and. I, again, uh, Harley Quinn and Catwoman right now are being just absolutely treated like ro- the royalty that they are in in comic books, and it's so beautiful. I love I love everything that I've been reading from those two characters. So, uh, you know, we didn't talk too much about Catwoman, uh, the title or the Harley Quinn title in this episode, but please uh, go check those things out because you will not be upset. There you go. There you go. So your Batman titles and some Gotham titles for you to to track down, courtesy of a. Uh, Peter M. Vera. So we'll hop and in. The and M we'll, stands for R. That's right. M stands for R. R stands for hope. So we'll we'll come back. We'll come back for April. We'll do a, a Batman in April as long as Pete's up to up for it. I know I said this wasn't going to take too long, but I mean, I just need to shut up and stop. Saying How long that. have we been talking? We're just over an hour. Um, Lauer told me we're going to take twenty minutes. So there you go. Yeah, we'll see. I I just need to shut up because anytime I say uh, and then you're not going to be that long, and then we talk about Batman, it's, I can't shut up about Batman. So. That's my fault. You but. should see how Lauer decorated his apartment for this. He's got 13-inch Batman action <laughs> figures all over the place. One with his arms up over here. He's so happy. Field goal. So that's the Batman Begins, and then the other one is Dark Knight Rises. So I have Dark Knight, I have a Dark Knight Rises, and I have a Man of Steel one. Batman and Man of Steel? No, no. I'm, I'm talking <laughs> about the size of the figures. Yeah. I think they're, I actually think they're like 30-inch figures or whatever. Those are big figs. Those are big guys. 
Yeah, they're big. Yeah. My mini statues, the only kind of statues I can afford. So, uh, Pete, thanks for joining me on this uh, Batman in March adventure. Why don't you go ahead and drop some plugs? Where can people find and follow you? Uh, you could follow me on social media. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Zack Snyder's favorite Vero at Pete Illustrated. Please follow the show that I co-host with the champion of Long Island, Eric Holzman, straight out of Gotham at straight underscore O underscore G on both Instagram and Twitter. If you're on Facebook, check out our show page, Straight Outta Gotham, and please join our Straight Outta Gotham group. Also, you can uh, check out all things I do Italian at uh, Italians for Spider-Man. <laughs> you could also check out my new venture uh, at Team Yellow Oval right. as we try to campaign for the return of the Yellow Oval cinematically. Um, we did not achieve our goal with Matt Reeves, the Batman, but hopefully Mr. Muccietti and the crew from the Flash film will bring back the Yellow Oval with our beloved Michael Keaton. Um, you could check out my reviews of Dark Detective, Man Bat, Detective Comics on BatmanOnFilm.com. If you head over to Batman on Film YouTube, you could check out my action figure reviews on uh, DC Multiverse figures from Mattel, McFarlane. Uh, I've got some Mafex figures on there. I think I actually one, so not some. But um, you could also check out my reviews, uh, my interviews with Tara Strong, Kevin Conroy, Lauren Lester, Tony Todd, the legendary producer, the man who got all this started, Mr. Michael E. Usland. Boom. Uh, and, uh, you know, movie premieres, uh, stuff like that, animated red carpets, all that good stuff. Uh, you can catch me on Batman on film on YouTube. So that's my spiel. That's it. I would love to interact with all of you, all of you glorious people who follow the BBC, the BBC. Amen. Well, speaking of the BBC, you can follow the BBC on Twitter and Instagram at the Batman book. At the Batman BC. Whoa, whoa. I don't even know my own Twitter handle. At the Batman BC, where we just wrapped up the the brackets for the best Batman story tournament. Uh, thank you, everybody who have participated in that. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan. Pete, help me out. Lauer. Spelled like lower thank standard. You. Oh, my God. Lower <laughs> I also write uh, reviews and articles on Batman on film. Um, just go to batmanonfilm.com and check out for my name or... On Twitter, I have a link tree link at the top that can help take you there easy, more easily. You can write into the Batman Book Club at thebatmanbc at gmail.com. For questions or comments, all concerns, go to Eric's SOG co-host, Eric Holzman. Let him know how how much you love Captain Marvel, and he'll be right there with you. You can also support the show um, by... Uh, going to Tee Public, and you can find some designs for Batman Book Club shirts, notebooks, stickers, hoodies, uh, baby onesie. If you want your your youngster to be well read um, at a young age, you can you can go there for that. And lastly, it doesn't cost you anything except thirty seconds of your time. If you'd ever be so kind, you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. The link to the rate and review page is in the description of this episode. The more you rate and review the show, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, that word is panic. So, for Peter Vera, I'm Ryan Lauer, and until next time, read more Batman comics. <laughs>